Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. As such, this illustrate the point of this illustration is to show us that in my opening here, sometimes in our finances, it's a free-for-all. Sometimes it can become a free-for-all. We have all these things that we live in the world right now that are just demanding our attention. Hey, you need to buy this. They've gotten not good. They're great. They are great at putting things in front of us and not stopping with it and staying consistent. And oftentimes that could wear on a person to where you're just like, take my money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Lisa got three amens. <laughs> Saw the new pair of shoes, you know what I'm saying? But God gave this to me because money is not something talked about a lot in the church. This is not, this is not a normal shout the, shout the roof down like kind of message. But this was so on my heart because so many believers stress. We stress about money and finances. Can I get an Amen. So that's why I did the illustration. Sometimes our, sometimes money and finance could be a free-for-all. So today I'm going to preach on this area because we are great at leaving God out of this area. This is why the illustration was money is a free-for-all because we have become really good at us and our finances and the things we want to buy and the things I want to purchase. That's my business, none of yours. But if I'm not careful... I can forget in my walk with God to leave him out of it, which can be devastating in some seasons. And that's what's beautiful about this is every, all of us are in different seasons of life. Um, there are some seasons where uh, you have more than you thought you would have. There are other seasons where you're like, man, I, I just, I thought we'd be further by now. I thought we, the daily thoughts that run through the mind of a person and of, of a believer can be challenging. And they can also, if we're not careful, we can give the enemy ammunition that we don't want to do. So moving into it, what is finance? Finance is money or other liquid resources of a business group or individual or government. Just simply put, there are two important things that God and Satan both care about. Do you know what they are? The condition of your heart and the state of your mind. Did you catch that? Two things, the condition of your heart and the state of your mind. God cares about it because he wants to take you somewhere. And he has a plan for your life. The enemy cares about it because he wants to take you somewhere and he has a plan for your life if you're taking notes. My opening scripture is James chapter one, verse five. I'm gonna be jumping from the ESV to the Amplified this morning. James one and five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reapproach and it will be given to him. Oftentimes, that puzzles us because we don't normally go to God first. We're really good. I don't know about you, but me, I'm really good at doing my own thing. Like, independent. Don't really need help. So, oftentimes, this happens in the area of our finances. You can easily look up. I can easily look up, and I've done all. I've, I've, I made purchases. Like, I'm, 
I'm a beast out here. I'm making moves out here. I'm, I'm doing it big, right? So isn't that how we want to think? You know, we're, I'm making all this money, the job, I'm killing it. Things are going good. But what happens when things are not going good? What happens when the chips are down? What happens when season begins to shift? So now you begin to, your thoughts and your mind begin to play with you and doubt begins to come in and things begin to sink you into depression. This is why I'm preaching this this morning because money and finances will do this to a person. And we need to talk about this in the church. This needs to be talked about. This needs to be prayed about. Amen. We need to be seeking God. God, I need your knowledge. I need your wisdom, especially the people that just graduated high school because you're about to go in the real world. What not a better time and opportune time to ask and seek for the wisdom of God in, an, in, a, in a time that we live in like now. So I have, I have my first point. My first point is heart posture and focus. This is what God is this is what God is, this is one thing that God is really concerned about. Heart posture, the positioning of my heart, and the focus. First Timothy 6, starting at verse 19. I'm out of the amplified on this one. It says, letter, this is awesome in this letter to Timothy. So, starting at verse 17. As for the rich in this present world, instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant, nor to set their hope on uncertainty of riches, but on God. But on God. There's all these things I get the chance to focus on. There are all these distractions that come in whenever I go to work, whenever I, I go out in public. There are all these things that can begin to flood your mind whenever you're watching TV. That ad, that commercial brought this on, and now you're rethinking your power moves, and you're looking at your whole life. You're looking at your marriage. You're looking at your relationship like, oh, man, should I do A, B, and C, or should we go this route? Should we take that road? Should we take this path? These are all important things. But this says, according to the rich in this world, it says, don't put your hope on uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share with others. Stop. To be generous and willing to share with others. Got it out. Got it out. That ain't one we're real good at. Your boy included. Okay. In this way, storing up for themselves the enduring of riches of a good foundation for the future. I love that because he's talking about spiritual. He's showing an illustration and talking to the people of that time, but he's turning it spiritual. So the first point is heart posture and focus. God cares about my heart posture and my focus. It's not bad that I have stuff. That's another reason I did this illustration. I wanted you to visually see because that's how I saw it. God's okay with us having stuff as long as I don't let stuff begin to have me. So that's another reason I wanted to show you this. Um, so God cares about my heart posture and focus. My focus is my focus on him on him, on our relationship, on my growth as a believer. Amen. So in my priorities, it is God, then it is family. Can I get an amen? First Timothy five and eight. 
If anyone fails to provide for his own, and especially for those in his own family, he is denied the faith. Sorry, I was going to exit stage right. He say, whoa, 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 hold on one second. If anyone fails to provide for his own and especially those of his family, he is denied the faith by disregarding its precepts and is worse than an unbeliever who fulfills his obligation in these matters. Ouch, 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 ouch. That hurt. Um, regarding biblical principles in the word of God, they will never work unless I work them. They will never work unless I work them. Second point, tithing. Probably thought that'd be my first point. Malachi 3, 10. Bring all the tithes. Uh, th this one's the amplified. Bring all the tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you so great a blessing until there is no more room to receive it. That's the word. One of the most common scriptures on tithing. What's tricky also for a believer is to read and begin to know the word of God, but in a season even though you know it's true, not feel like it is because of the storm, because of the battle, because what you feel like you're in feels so big. It feels so heavy. God, I don't know if we can overcome this. My third section, and this is kind of one that was huge to me, was mindset. Mindset. I began to realize when God gave this to me, Mindset's important. We know that the enemy likes to oftentimes play, and he starts with thoughts in our mind. This is why the praying is so important. Going to God, everyday relationship with him is important. Worship is important. There are different aspects of the believer, of the relationship with God, and one of those is giving. One of those is a tenth of our income for tithes and offering. So my third point is mindset, how you think about finances is important. How you think about finances is important. And I'm going to say this. One of the uh, number one scriptures, 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money, out of the Amplified, that is the greedy desire for it and the willingness to gain it unethically is the root of all sorts of evil. Stop. I had a big problem with this one. I had a big problem with this one coming up because it was to my impression that money's bad. That, you know, like, what well, I'm getting the impression that, okay, so, you know, is, is that not good? Is, you know, what's going on? Um... For the love of money, but then God began to show me as I began to mature, not only what the verse says is important, what the verse does not say is important as well. The love, it says the love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. 
What it didn't say was money's bad. Because you need money to live and provide for your family. But it's easy for the enemy to take something sometimes, throw a little truth in it, repackage it, and send it back your way to get me to question and get confused. That's just, that's just what he does. It says, it says the love of money. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And the desire and the willingness to gain it unethically is the root to all sorts of evil. And catch this. And some, by longing for it, have wandered away from the faith. This is back to the heart and focus. He doesn't care that I have stuff as long as I don't let stuff have, have me. The positioning of my heart. God first. Why would you preach this message? Because God put on my heart this. To, that we would begin to invite him in. Invite him in to our finances. And you would think this is common, but it's not. That's why I did the illustration. I'm good at doing my own thing. I don't need, we don't need people to help us as it regards to this. We don't need people to help us at keeping God out of this area. This is a very sensitive area. You want to see somebody go from 1 to 10 and, you know, get ready to bust your head off? I mean, get, get at them with money. Get at them about money. S start to talk about money. And start, uh, people change real quick. See it every day on the job. People will change real quick about money. about Because it, it does something. It does have the power to move things. It does have the power to change things. That's why the word is telling us and cautioning us, be careful. Keep your heart right. Keep your priorities straight. And more than that, invite God in on this thing. Because I don't know about you, but I need his wisdom. I got to have his knowledge. The world's changing. I mean, even from before COVID to COVID to after COVID, I need God's wisdom and guidance and direction. God is just the season. We're trying to sell the house. We're trying to do this. We're trying to make all these power moves. And have we invited God in on it? God, by next year, I wanted us to have $50,000 saved up for X, Y, Z. This is where we are now. It's easy for me to ignore God, not include him, and say, you know what? My plan was to go to college. By the time I got out, I was supposed to have this much. That way I could put a down payment on a house. Don't tell me that God didn't give me this message because I know the devil beats all of us up about money, stressing about money. You staying awake at night because you're ticked off because you're not as far as you wanted to be. You didn't get the promotion. Things aren't going good. You don't even know who you are anymore. So I'm, I'm telling you, God sent me today to encourage you. He cares about where he's taking you and what he wants to do. The reason it's called faith in finance, because we need to have faith in God for our finances. Not for, God, I just dropped 10 grand. I need you to help me. No. And this is, you know what springboard, springboarded this message? Pastor down here at altar call last week. He was talking about our health. And he was like, hey, you don't need healing. You need to change your habits. You need to oh, my God. That sent me almost through the wall because that's what God was giving me about this. Because we're believing for these power moves and these things that God's put in our heart. Yes, I would like to buy a house. Yes, I would like to do this. Yes, we would like to put a down payment on this car, that car. But my habits are holding me back. My habits are holding me back. 
I just dropped 300 on a new purse for the wife. I just spent 200 on some new shoes. And then my hobbies, can I get an amen from the people that know hobbies cost money? Hobbies cost money. Hobbies cost money. God help me to be wise. God help me to have timing. When should we do this? When should we save for that? When should we bring this about? If the, and this is where we have to back up and take inventory because we have to be willing to yield to God and what he's telling us. Because if he's saying, no, I'm sorry, this is not the season to put 50000 down on this with this. I do have a plan, and I promise you if you don't fight me on it, it'll be a lot easier, and you'll get a lot more out of it. And it'll come a lot easier. We're good at fighting God. So then we get ticked off and depressed whenever the chips are down. So what do I do that I impulse buy? I begin to impulse buy because I'm depressed. And things aren't happening anyway. What's another? What's another? Man, I got this. What's, what's another 200? Man, it's all good. So that's, how, that's what we do. Oh, here's my favorite one. I, this might be the devil. Huh? Amazon Prime. My gosh, whoever did that is a marketing genius. Heidi, I just got an amen. I just got a, Amazon Prime is a trap, though, for real. It is a trap. Don't do it. Man, I'm going to have to cancel my membership now. Um, moving on. Oops. But, but guys, like, is, is this not hitting? Like, we are in a subscription-based world. That's genius. You mean to tell me you figured out through marketing and everything else, you'd rather take $2 from me every month than me pay off the whole thing and pay you $100? And there's gazillion people doing it? You're set for life. That's brilliant. So, God help me. Man, I don't have. Somebody got a notebook? I need, I need a notebook, please. Hey, we got airmail. Let's go. Airmail. I wonder if that was two-day prime, two-day shipping. Okay, well, that was quicker than two-day shipping. So, <laughs> I, lo I love you guys. You can't do this everywhere. You really can't. Um, the reason I wanted a notebook, and this was not part of my message, when you sit down to begin to do your budgeting and bills, start it with prayer. Start it with prayer. When you sit down for budgeting and bills, see, we don't talk about this. We say that the word says the enemy is here to kill, steal, and destroy. And we think it's just for my health. It's just for this. It's just for my anxiety, my depression. No, it's for your money too. Because if he begins to work in that, I won't tithe. I won't begin to tithe. And, and this is what hit me about tithing. Let me throw this nugget out there. Whenever I was first, like, hearing this as a young believer, I'm thinking, why am I tithing? God don't need my money. He owns it all. Why am I giving my money to him for? Like, that was my initial thought. Later to discover it's not about that. It's about the act of obedience. It's about doing what he said. This is where if we don't do the biblical principles, they won't work for us. We got to work the word in that regard. When you sit down, when you sit down to write your goals, your vision, and guess what? That stuff take money. Power moves, all that stuff take money. Um, we need to pray and invite God in on that. 
He should be, he should be first in that. Hey, God, this is what I'm praying and thinking. Direct me. I give you permission. See, we think God's just going to show up. You know, we, we think he's just going to show up and take over. And, and he's a gentleman. So he's not just going to show up and take over. I have to invite him in. And I give him permission. Hey, God, I give you permission to come in on this. And just see, because this is where the enemy steals your peace. This is where the enemy steals your peace. And you have to discern the voices that you're hearing on this. Hey, you should have been further by now. Do you know if you would have sold the car last year, your house would be paid off? The stupid stuff that we let the enemy flag us with and come in and say and put in our minds. Now I'm ticked off at everybody else because that's what's on repeat in my head is we're never going to make it out of this. We're never going to make it out of this. Guess what? I started off not believing it, but by the end I begin to believe it because of its repetibility. It begins to be repetitive in my head and my heart. Before you know it, I'm not going to God. I just easier to it's easier for me to resort to this. God also hit me in another vein. He said, I want to kill bad mindsets of some of the way people have been raised. Of the way people have been raised. And that that hit me because, you know, cert, certain people. You know, we've been raised different ways as it regards to money. You know, some of us, hey, you know, we, we didn't have much, this, that, and the other, you know. And so you have to be careful with that because whether you did or you didn't. See, this message is not about, well, you know, do I have, do we have a lot? Are we doing good? Or do we not have it? It's not even about that. It's about inviting God into the area of your life as it regards to this because he wants to take you somewhere. And the places he wants to take you, some of them are going to be in rooms with people that can that have resources, that can do things, that can shift things. But at the mention of $10,000, if I go hide in the corner, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. This is where we need God. This is where we need to invite him in. Anybody blessed? Amen. I lost my spot. So he said, so he said the love of money, moving on. What shakes me is what he doesn't say. You shouldn't. Okay, sorry, you got that. So check this out. I, I ne- never heard of this scripture before today. Ecclesiastes 7 and 12. For, and we're talking a lot today about wisdom. This is, I think this is important. For wisdom is a protection, even as money is a protection. I love this. But the excellent advantage of knowledge is that wisdom shields and preserves the lives of its possessors. I love that. I'm going to read that one more time. For wisdom is a protection, even as money is a protection. In other words, money can serve as a protection. You can get some stuff done. You can get some stuff done with the right amount of money. But the excellent advantage of knowledge is that wisdom shields. Ah, it it protects. It shields and preserves the lives of of its, I lost it. Possessors. In other words, I can have a lot of money, but if I have no wisdom, 
the money's going. The money's leaving. I will lose it. You will lose it. Why? So this is why it's important to invite God in. The wisdom, we need his wisdom, we need his knowledge. Because the enemy is, he's boxing you up over time. And a lot of the times it's in this area. And we don't feel like we can win because, you know, money and finance, you know, who really talks much about that? You know, it's kind of a private thing. And it is a private thing, but don't let it be so private we don't invite God in. We have to invite him in. And a lot of us are getting so hung up in this area and you're upset because you have goals and you are a person of purpose and you are a person of tasking and you're like, hey, look, by 2024, A, B, C, D, just hitting it, knocking it out, killing it. This is where I want to be. And that's great. But I also have to begin to be able to yield if God has a different plan in mind or wants to adjust or take me down a different path. I have to be willing to go with that. I have to begin to yield and be able to go with that. Having money without wisdom can be dangerous. Whereas wisdom without money, you can have wisdom and learn how to make more money. Did you get it? Having money without wisdom can be dangerous. Whereas wisdom without money, you can have the wisdom and learn how to make more money. This is why this is a sore subject of the, in the church. And you know what's terribly sad? It should not be. It should not be. We should be the ones raising up our, our boys, our young girls. Hey, look, you need to be led of God, asking him for wisdom and knowledge on finances. And guess what, kids? God has put a lot of that wisdom in your parents. We don't hear that much. And we need to begin to listen and trust what they're trying to share with us. Amen? One of the number one stressors. One of the number one, uh, I'm, divorce, relationships. This one, this one of the top. This is one of the top. Don't tell me this doesn't need to be talked about in the church. Even amongst Christian marriages. One of the top reasons for divorce, still finances, still money. Don't say it's not powerful. If uh, I'm about to get in trouble. This is why in marriage you got to be a united front. You have to be a united front. You need to sit down, not just talk about the money, talk about the finance. Pray over it. Pray over it. Because I have, if you're not careful in the relationship and in the marriage, you'll have your expectation and vision of how you thought stuff should go, and she or he will have their expectation and vision of where they thought stuff should go, and then all hell breaks loose because we're not together because I thought we were. And I thought that this goal was this goal, and I thought we were going that way, and you thought that we go this way. You see how the enemy comes in and begins to slowly destroy. And by that time, now I'm pinned against you. Not on purpose, but because we didn't come together, communicate, and pray, and get on board with God on this thing together. This is why this is important. In relationships, in marriages, we, and at your job. This is, another, this is another pillar to the message. At your job, I didn't put a lot of notes in there about this, but the, the enemy is good at beating you up as it relates to this because you might be great at your job. You might say, hey, look, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm worth about five more dollars an hour than you're giving me. <laughs> like, you, see, you, you understand what I'm saying? Am I leveling with you? You're busting your butt 
and you're good at what you do, and you know you're good at what you do. This is where the enemy will play mind games with you. I should have got a raise like two years ago, and I'm not, so now I'm bitter. Guess what happens now with money stresses and problems? Where, where do I go, Jeremy? I take that home now, and now my family has to deal with that. They have to deal with me being stressed and ticked off because we're not where we, we were supposed to be. We're not where I thought we would be. This, this is everyday stuff. One of the biggest, this is one of the biggest stress. Hear this statistic. Of those who said money was a stressor, 29% said they worry about money daily. It's almost half. It's almost half, right? Low-income households are more likely to say money is a negative impact on their mental health. 59% of those with household incomes less than 50000 said they worry about money constantly. There has been a more than 11% increase just in the year. I wanted to share that statistic because this is something almost, I, 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 don't, I can't even be honest and say we dodge it. It's just not talked about. It's just not talked about often, but it should be. This is affecting families, marriages, and relationships, and jobs. So we can't sit here and act like money doesn't do stuff. It doesn't move stuff. What God wants is for us to pour our faith into him and invite him into this area of our life. And with that wisdom, you know what he'll give me? He'll give me discipline. He'll give me discipline. You know what he'll say? Hey, you do want to get here. This is a vision. This is a goal. But you still have $2,000 in student loans that you haven't even started. See, so he will begin to give me wisdom and he'll give me wisdom and knowledge. Why is this important? Because he's positioning us for where he wants to go, for where he wants us to go. He's positioning us. And sometimes that comes with hard choices. Hey, you, you do want a house? Well, <laughs> I'm going to need you to not get a new person next month. I'm going to need you to not do like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to need you to not do a free for all. And, and, and drop 500 bucks on a new toolbox or, or whatever it is, right? So sometimes just be prepared. When you invite him in, he's going to show some stuff. He's going to put some stuff on your heart. And all of that stuff ain't going to feel good. Hey, uh, I need you to leave that clearance guy alone because he is killing your closet right now, right? I'm going to need you to leave him alone. So, yeah, I can. So... I mean, just be ready. Just be ready. But here's the catch, guys. Here's the catch. God loves us so much. I'm telling you. He loves us so much that he wants to be part of every area of our life, including our finances. And as a believer and in the church, this is one of the most avoided topics ever because people get in their feelings about it. But it starts here. This is the whole foundation of this message, inviting God in to my finances. And this is why I said it's important for our, even our graduates going into the world, like inviting God early, early, because the enemy will send several people to tell you what, what your plan is, what your purpose is, what you should be doing. Hey, how old are you? 28? Yeah. You should have already been at A, B, and C. You should already have all that done. That should already be, yeah, that should already be a wrap for you. Like who, like, what voice do they get? What say so do they get? You have to remember, especially with this. Oh, this just came to me. Don't let your identity 
in your mind get jacked up because of how the enemy's beating you up over where you think you should be. Because that's what he'll do. He'll kill your identity. Well, I should be this. Well, I should have this saved. Well, oh, you know, I, I meant to do this, and this is the power move I wanted. And, he'll, and the enemy will be like, yeah, you're not there. You failed. You're not where you should be. This is why going to God in prayer, we have to do it. We have to do it. This is why worship is so powerful. You need to know, and you have to know that when you open your mouth, you're not just singing a song. You're not just singing a song. From your heart, from your inside, something is shifting. God is doing something. He's working. He's turning something. He's directing. He's giving an answer. He's leading you. This is why that's important. So if I don't give God anything to work with and I shut that down, the enemy gets more time to parade in my mind, to parade in my mind. Do not give him that advantage. Do not give him that advantage because you're going to get people, hey, you know what? I see the value in you. You should probably go work over here and do this. You'd probably be great at it. And guess what? If I'm not in tune, I probably say, you know what? You're right. Maybe I should go over there, not think twice about my family, not think twice about how this is going to affect them or anything like that. You see what I'm saying? So the enemy a lot of times will begin to, for the believer, he'll, be, he'll begin to attack you with power, like in power moves, in power moves, in big moves that are going to affect your life that result in big change. And he'll say, yeah, why not? Let's do that. I haven't talked to God. I haven't prayed about it. I haven't gone to the word. I haven't inquired of wisdom of God. Is this in line with what you even want me to do? I haven't asked any of that. This is where this is important. This is important. Moving on. The change of seasons, it is a change of seasons, and it's time for us to get better. A lot of us are wore out and exhausted. Does that resonate with anybody? It's a change of seasons, and a lot of us are wore out and exhausted. And did you know, newsflash, half the year's almost over. Half the year's almost over. Like, we're moving that quick. We're moving that fast. So this is why this is even more so crucial. Uh, now you could find yourself in burnout and depression, stressing about everything in life, including finances and money and God, oh my gosh, how will we ever get there? Will we get there? It's time to put our faith in God. Hear this, please hear this. It's time to put our faith in God for what we cannot control. And ask for wisdom to manage what we can. Did you get it? It's time to put our faith in God for what I cannot control. It's out of my scope. There's nothing I can literally do about this. But lose sleep. Right? I can't control that. God, take that. I give, the, I give you this. The stuff I can control, God, give me wisdom for. I need direction. I need your guidance. How should I do this? What does that look like? What are the steps? Also, if it is not in this season, give me the peace and the patience to wait and not blow up the plan. That is hard. That is tough. Um, moving on. Ask him for wisdom to, to manage what we have control over. Going to God with our worries, concerns, and inviting him into this space and into that situation and go into the word of God. Go
going to the word of God to read about his promises? What do you do whenever the chips are down and all hell's breaking loose and you're depressed and defeated? What do you do? It's easy to not go to God. My first thought is not pick up my Bible and read. Normally, that's not our first thought. It should be, but oftentimes it's not. So we have to make ourselves. We have to make ourselves. On the drive to work, when I have music going up, uplifting, I don't, I'm going to work the other day, right? I have to, we have to choose to speak life whenever we don't feel it, whenever I don't see what I thought that I would see. Expectation is huge. This is another place the enemy plays because your expectation level is here. What's really going on is down here. And you're like, well, I thought that this was supposed to happen and we would be up here and it's not happening. And I've waited and I've waited and I've waited. Now I'm angry because my expectation is here. The Bible says hope deferred maketh the heart sick. This is another place we let the enemy hang us up. This is why we have to put our faith in God. This is why heart position, mindset is important. Not just my heart position, but allowing, going to God, allowing him to, God, renew my mind. I am not thinking right in this season. I am not thinking right in this season. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm depressed. I'm upset. And to be honest, I'm really mad because I don't know how we're going to get out of this. That kind of stuff, going to him with that is where we will begin to see change. We will begin to see transformation. I'm, I'm almost done. Um, sis, can you um, come up, please? You know what's crazy? You don't know how many times back and forth that I went on this message. Not, not that I wouldn't preach it, but God's timing. I was like, are you sure? Like, you need to let a brother know extra, extra. Like, I need to know, because this is a big one. Do you want me to do this now? And literally the last month, I kid you not, I've been in prayer heavy for this because I feel like these are some of the things that are running rampant in our minds. We're trying to get sleep. We're trying to, like, even when you're trying to rest and enjoy yourself, you can't because you're like, oh, my gosh. This is what next month looks like. And you got to be careful because sometimes the busyness, the busyness of life will begin to weigh you down. And you're like, oh, my gosh, next, next month we got to account for this, 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 this. We have this much money. We have to do this. Then we have to go there, our vacations in a month. And I also want to speak to something else. There's some of us that... If you can relate, whoever this is for, this is for. You need a vacation. I, I just, I don't know any other way. You need a vacation. Not a trip. Not a trip where you have a, an agenda and a program. You need a vacation. You need to go somewhere. And you, you, you don't hear this. We don't talk about this. Our mental health is shot a lot of times as believers. It's shot because we're stressing all the time about the things of life and a lot, most of the time money, finances sometimes. You know, you need to go somewhere where there's no agenda. You can relax for a day, for two, well, and 
the famous answer. That'll never happen. We're not set up for that. We don't have that, right? Um, God knows what you need. Do you believe that? He knows what you need. And let me give you another one. He knows how to make that happen. If it's one day, if it's two day, he knows mentally you're exhausted and you need relief. And you need to go somewhere where somebody's not going to ask you and call you in an hour, hey, can you come do this? Can you come uh, do this in the yard for me? You need to be far enough away where nobody's going to call you to do anything. You have no responsibility. I, I don't know who this is for, literally. This is not part of my message. But it is now because we stress about money. And a lot of the times we need a break, but we don't think we can afford. Am I talking to anybody? We don't think we can afford to take the necessary break that we need. But God knows how to make a way, even if it's a day or so. Even if it's, hey, I'm going to St. Louis this week. This weekend, I'm just, I'm going to St. Louis. Just going to get a hotel. Just going to, like, just go go shop, something. You need to mentally get a break. You need to get a break. So God has put this message on my heart. Um, I've said everything. I got two things. I want to do on altar call uh, this morning. The first one is salvation. If you've never invited Jesus to be Lord of your life, that's first. That's going to be the first call. Always want to give an opportunity for that. Always want to give an opportunity for that. I also want to do this. I want to mention this. I think we need to praise God and thank God for leaders like Pastor Rose and Pastor DJ that not only preach, teach. They teach. There's a difference. There is a difference. We can preach. We're preaching the gospel. We're preaching the good news, right? To hearts, lives, to families. But teach. Teaching is different. Breaking down concepts, precepts, principles. Sharing those things, those tangible items that you can take. Can we praise God for them? Can we praise God for them? Because I'm thankful. I'm thankful. The house you sit in and the leadership you sit under is huge. It's huge. And I'm more than I'm thankful for it. So the first call for altar is salvation. Here's the second call. Thank you, Rose, for this. Everything. Thank you, everybody that was involved to make this work. Todd, Nick, Trey, Lala. Thank you, guys. Um. As I wrap up, um, I, I want to do altar call like this. This is the literature that we have for partner partnering with us. I love this because it talks about almost in a vision statement-like form what I should give, and it talks about ways to give, and there is scripture. There is scripture at the bottom to reference. Um, and I just want to I want to read this. We give to God first time, we give to God first time, first every time we receive income, I'm sorry. Um, so every time we receive income, we give to God. And then the second one says, what's in your heart to give? This is huge because we always have the expectation, well, I think I'd be further all this. But guess what? There are going to be times, hear this, God is going to move on your heart to maybe give not just extra, but to a certain person. This is why 
this is why this whole thing circles back around to being in tune with God in my relationship. Because if I'm, when I'm in tune and I'm walking with him every day, I, I begin to hear him say, hey, bless that person. But see, here's another flip of the coin for you. Sometimes it's not always money. So we think that sometimes. We think that sometimes. Well, God bless this person, bless me. So it's not always money. Sometimes it's a nice gesture. This is why that first verse I read said, be rich in good works. Be rich in good works, good deeds, what we, how we treat people. Be rich in that. He wrote to Timothy, he's, I'd rather you be rich in good works than in your heart. So what's in your heart to give? The third one, giving our earned income is one of the biggest acts of real faith. One of the biggest acts of real faith is for me to begin to give a tenth of my income. The fourth one, be a giver. We just talked about that. Suggested reading right here on the bottom. Scriptures. And you can look up more. Ask my wife. I had 40 scriptures, and I'm not over-exaggerating. I had a composition book filled about money and finance. Other scriptures that I didn't even, I didn't even get at because I was like, we're going to be there at sundown, and I'm not all about that. We, we got to say the word. We got to get out the way. So I had more scriptures on finance. So just to tell you, the Bible does have a lot to say about finance and money. It really does. And we're not, we don't, we don't hear a lot of that. So on the other side, partner with, partner with us. We are a good storehouse. This is what I want to share with you on that. When we invest, we are sowing seed. You are sowing seed. When I tithe, I am sowing seed to this house and to the work that God is doing here. Simply put, when you tithe, you are sowing this. You might not be tithing here. You're sowing to something. Do you know what you're sowing to? Do you know what you're sowing to? Do you know the quality of the ground that you're sowing in? Because your payment is a seed. Do you know the quality of the ground? I'll sow all day in the good ground. This is good ground. This is good ground. We are blessed. We are highly favored and God is blessed. The families here, the people here, and our live stream audience that God is using. God, we got people in other states that have been blessed, that, that have been moved. Lastly, Malachi 3.10, bring ye all the tithe in the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now I love that because in one translation he says test me now in this he says test me I was like back up he don't say test me a lot like I ain't seen that a lot in there you know what I'm just saying you might want to help me out on that but I don't see that a lot where he says test me in this he says test me in this and see won't I open the windows of heaven I have these down here because before we get out of here, and if you need prayer for anything else, we'll do that too. This is just how I felt led to do it this morning. I feel like I have these. If you, this is, this is the call. If you are struggling in your mind and in your heart, in the area of finance, the enemy is working you over. This is what I want to do. I have these. Partner with us, right? This is... Like I said, it has resource here. It has even scriptures. But here's also why I did this like this. 
I want, if you feel led, only, if you don't feel led, you're not going to hurt my feelings. You don't have to do it. But if you feel led, I want you to come up here. And I'm going to give you one of these. And we're going to pray over them. And here's why. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.